Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman, and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 228, Competition Turkey Calling with Steve Stoltz. And I am your host and the guy who is about to become a liar. So... I have this kind of an unspoken rule that I live by that I don't think I've ever really shared with you guys. But if you happen to run into me during turkey season when I'm hunting or right after I'm hunting, but really any time during turkey hunting season, I just am going to tell you that I will lie to you. Ask me if I've heard a turkey. Ask me if I have seen a turkey. And watch me lie. Unless I really didn't hear anything that day. And then I would be telling you the truth when I tell you that I didn't hear any turkeys gobble that day. Nor did I see any turkeys. Nor have I seen any turkey sign. I am convinced that all of the turkeys in the area that you and I are currently hunting in have been eaten by predators abducted by aliens and gone the way of the many ships that have unsuccessfully sailed through the Bermuda Triangle. Heads up, fair warning. Now, I'm not going to lie to you guys listening to the show on the show, but if you run into me in the woods, just know I'm lying to you. And that lying starts in two days, 15 hours, 56 minutes, and 40 seconds from now when Alabama's spring turkey season starts. Two days, actually less than that, and I'll tell you why towards the end of the show. Speaking of the show, I have a great show for you guys today. I have Steve Stoltz on the show with us to talk about competition turkey calling, but I'm going to tell you a little secret. Don't let the title of today's show fool you, because Steve gives us some great calling tips that we can use when we are hunting turkeys. We're going to jump into some turkey soup very quickly before we get to Steve's interview. So first up, it turns out that Alabama is actually ahead of the state of New Hampshire in something. Well, something other than college football and beautiful beaches, warmer weather. What I'm talking about here is 
New Hampshire legislators recently shot down a bill that would have legalized electronic game check of wild turkeys. By doing so, they're still requiring successful New Hampshire hunters to physically drive to a check station to register their harvest. Wow. Jordan Estrada, the author of this article that I read, goes on to give several theories and reasons as to why the bill was denied. The funny thing to me is he missed the real reason completely. The real reason is this. If the state makes the registering of harvested animals as difficult as possible for the honest, law-abiding citizen slash hunter, then the number of animals harvested will be greatly reduced. Anyone harvesting an animal and not reporting it is a criminal. Mr. Estrada, your legislators can't openly oppose hunting and get elected, but they can make hunting and harvesting meat for your family so difficult that you will not do it. At that point, it becomes your decision not to hunt or harvest, not their legislation that prevented you from doing it. I have to ask the question, would the New Hampshire legislators feel the same way if voters slash citizens had to go through as much trouble to place their vote at their polling place? If they had to drive 30 minutes to an hour to vote, would New Hampshire legislators feel the same way? I try hard not to get political on the show, and I have said that a couple of times before, but sometimes we just have to call a spade a bloody shovel because that's what it is, and that's what the legislation is. Your elected officials in New Hampshire are making it more difficult for you to hunt in hopes that you will not hunt. You will not harvest animals. I'm moving on. Arkansas turkey hunters can participate in the annual spring gobbler hunting survey. The survey gathers information on hunter activity, gobbling activity, turkey observations, and hunting success throughout the turkey season. Any of you guys hunting in Arkansas who want to participate in the survey, and I highly encourage you to do that, you need to email Jeremy Wood. And his email address is jeremy, that's J-E-R-E-M-Y dot W-O-O-D at A-G-F-C dot A-R dot G-O-V. Email him, let him know that you'd like to participate in the survey, and I'm sure he'll get back to you. Hey, Alabama hunters, you can do the same thing. If you hunt more than 10 days in Alabama season, And it does not have to be 10 consecutive days. But if you hunt more than 10 days in Alabama's turkey season, then you can participate in the AVID Turkey Hunter Survey. What you need to do is email Steve Barnett. And his email address is steve, that's S-T-E-V-E, dot Barnett, that's B-A-R-N-E-T-T, at D-C-N-R dot alabama.gov. And I know that Steve Barnett will get back to you because I'm participating in the AVID Turkey Hunter survey again this year. This will be my third year to participate. Hey, you guys in Georgia, find a ute to take turkey hunting this weekend. 
Saturday and Sunday is Ute Turkey Hunting Weekend. Get a Ute out in the woods. Hey, that's all the turkey soup that I've got for you guys. So now I want to get into the interview with Steve Stoltz. In case you don't know Steve, he was on the MAD Pro Staff for many years. And he's been involved in competition turkey calling for as long as I can remember. Steve has won every major turkey calling competition over the years, except for the Grand National Calling Championship in Nashville. Steve knows his way around the competitive calling circuit very well. And he also knows his way around the turkey woods very well. And here's Steve to tell us more about competition turkey calling and woods turkey calling, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey everybody, I am glad to tell you that I have on the line with me today Steve Stoltz with Woodhaven Custom Calls, and Steve is, well, he's been around the block a time or two, and I'm sure he's going to be mad at me for saying that because it insinuates he's old, but what I'm talking about is Steve has been around the calling circuit for a while and been involved in the hunting industry for quite a long time. And he holds a distinct title of being a champion of champions for the Grand National Calling Championship. And so, Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on. How are you and where are you? Well, Andy, I'm, I'm here in southern Iowa right now in my home, and it's bitter cold here right now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> but that's the bad news. The good news is I'll be heading for southern Mississippi in one week to open Mississippi's turkey season at a good friend of mine's in southeast Mississippi. And I would suspect it's going to be a lot warmer and a lot nicer. Springtime will have hit down there, which usually does by then. Yeah. Um, so so I'm looking forward to that. Get out, get out of this winter weather for a little while. <laughs> yeah, no joke. It seems to last quite a while in Iowa, for sure. Absolutely. So Absolutely. other... Other than Mississippi, where else are you headed this season? So I always usually open the season in either Mississippi or Alabama. I've opened the season in Alabama as well, different years. But mostly, usually Mississippi. I've got some good friends that live down there, and they have me. Any any year I want to come, you know, I'm welcome to go. You know how, you know, you live in the deep south, and most people listening to this probably are in the south. But regardless, you can't beat southern hospitality. And and I always call them my extended Mississippi family. There you go. Because, <laughs> because by gosh, and and that's what is so great about America is the the rule, the country, the the people. And I and I have to say, Deep South is probably the all time best people there there are for making you feel like you're that you're at home when you go there. So it's 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 I'm I'm very blessed and to be in the industry as long as I have. By the way, I've been a full-time firefighter my whole career. A lot of people think that I do hunting and turkey calling and, and yeah. uh, deer hunting and all that in television shows for a living, and I do not. I, I'm, I'm still a full-time firefighter. We'll be retiring eventually, probably four or five years from now, mm-hmm. and that's why I went ahead and moved to Iowa. I still work as a full-time firefighter in St. Louis, but I make my home in Iowa now. And so, uh, but, you know, just gearing up for that retirement time where I'll be, you know, there 100% of the time. But anyway, I've, I've kind of danced around the fire department schedule to do the outdoor industry stuff and been very blessed and very successful with it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, you've done a lot of things, been in the industry long enough, and I'm, 
I know a lot of people look at you, look at your name and think, yeah, that'd be the life. That's pretty good to be able to, to get and do the things that he's done and go here and there and hunt and everything else. And so. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I've always said that I've both my careers I'm in love with. I'm in love with the fire service and being able to serve the public and help people in their time in need. When people dial 911, it's their emergency regardless of what mm-hmm. that emergency is. And to be able to be there to help make a difference is very rewarding and make a living at that. Yeah. And then also make some kind of income, little income in the outdoor industry through the years. Uh, I've had better years than others, but bottom line is I've been able to do that. And I love, of course, turkey calling and deer hunting and, and turkey hunting and and elk hunting or whatever it is that I've been able to do on television. Wow. How blessed am I to make my entire living doing what I love to do? And that's very, very few people can actually say that. Yeah, that's very true. So tell us about yourself, a little bit more about yourself and how you got into turkey hunting and calling competitions as well. Oh, wow. Well, we don't have enough time to cover all that, but no, really, (laughs) seriously, to to make a, a very long story short, my dad, was the one that that got my both my brother and I we come from a long family history of of hunters I'm by the way from and still work in St. Louis Missouri I work in South St. Louis County actually a fire district called Melville Fire Protection District and that's where my dad worked he was a he was a captain at Melville and retired in the early 90s but my dad was the 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 one that that taught my brother and I how to hunt the basics of how to hunt got us interested in it and then in 1979, and so now you do know I am old, <laughs> I was in my upper teens just out of high school. Well, actually, that's the year I graduated. It was 79 from high school. My dad took me, took me to a turkey calling contest, but at that contest was a guy by the name of Leroy Brungart who was given a seminar, and I was a big fan of Leroy. And my dad said, Steve, we're going to go to uh, you know see Leroy. Friday night. They're also having a calling contest after Leroy speaks. Would you like to go? And I said, absolutely. (laughs) Count me in. And it was at a local high school here in St. Louis or down in St. Louis. And so we went and and before we left, my dad said, would you bring your your turkey calls with you, your mouth calls? And I said, absolutely. Now, bear in mind, when I was 11 years old, he called my first turkey in for me. And even before that, I had learned to call on a mouth diaphragm call. So I was an accomplished you know, I had already killed turkeys and I'd already called in turkeys myself and hunted them myself. And after my dad called my first one in, he made me hunt on my own to kill my second bird. And from then on, I actually hardly ever hunted with my dad. I hunted on my own. So by the time I was out of high school, I was I was hunting and killing turkeys on my own. And he asked me to bring those turkey calls with me. And I said, how come? He said, well, I got it. There's two, three guys that are there. And he goes, I just... I've heard a lot of people call, and I just think you're one of the better callers that, I, that I've, maybe the best caller I've ever heard. And I, I was surprised at that because he had never told me that before. Yeah, I'm like, really? I, I, he, he goes, yeah. He goes, he goes, you're you, your sound. I mean, you sound like a real turkey. And I and, I, and he goes, I, well, I got a couple guys that are going to be there. And he named them. I can't remember who all they were. And he said, uh, they want to hear you call. Okay, Dad, I'll bring them. So I brought them, and we listened to that seminar Leroy gave. And after the seminar, they said, okay, we're going to take a short 10-minute break, and then we're going to start this turkey contest. And was at that break, my dad walked up to me and said, did you bring your calls? And I said, yep. I got them out, showed them to him, and he goes, good, because I signed you up for the contest. <laughs> So, 
So now I was thrust into competition calling, was not even planning to do it. And I said, Dad, I can't do that. He said, well, why not? He goes, I paid $5 for you to call on that thing. You're going to call. And, of course, Ben, $5, back then, $5 is like $30, $40 now. Yeah. I, I said, well, Dad, I said, the reason why I can't do it is they're asking, one of the calls they're asking for is a key key run. And I said, I don't even know how to do the key key run. Up to that point, we'd never had a fall turkey season in Missouri. Mm-hmm. And so I had no reason to ever learn to do the key key run. He said, well, just pick somebody out over there that's calling in it. Of course, they're all the call, top callers were there and ask them to teach you. Uh, I couldn't add, couldn't say no to Dad then. So <laughs> that's that's how I started turkey calling and competing and calling championships and you know that first contest i it was 32 callers 32 that thing lasted till 10 o'clock at night and i took fifth place out of 32 callers and that was a very and i called against the top call i mean all your top callers there walter parrott at that time ray i ralph dern kenny mounts wayne gendron gary williams randy gower brad harris all your top callers back then in the in the midwest were there mm-hmm. and i played and i placed fifth and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that, that 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 just gave me the confidence that, by gosh, my dad was right. I, I, I do pretty much sound like a turkey. Yeah. And so it gave me the confidence to, to, to start competing and brought brought me into the uh, competitive world of turkey calling. That's very cool. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a minute. But I've got a question for you. So in the past, when I've had guests on the show, especially for their first time on the show, I have subjected them to a little bit of a competition. And knowing that you're a competitive kind of guy who's been in calling competitions, and I know the the firefighters that I know, they're all pretty competitive guys as well. So it's who you are. So what I've got here is 30 questions that I want to run through with you let you answer them as quickly as possible. I'm going to put a timer on the clock. And these are not questions about, well, you know, what is the purpose of the third toe of a wild turkey or the fourth toe of a wild turkey, you know? So these are just about your preferences and things like that. They're not to trip me up then. (laughs) No, no, these are not trying to trip you up at all. And I'd like to put a timer on you and just we'll run through these questions as quick as we can. And then we'll see if you can make the best time, which I think right now is Tony Reynolds. Oh, my gosh. I got to beat Tony. Yeah. Yeah. God love him. I love Tony Reynolds. Makes a phenomenal phenomenal friction call. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're game, I'm pulling up the timer right here and... I'm going to start the questions as soon as I start the timer. Okay. And we will get going with this thing. Okay. Wild turkey, grilled, baked, or fried? Fried. Wild turkey on the rocks, neat with cola or with water? Diet Sprite. Number of grand slams? Can't count them. Have you ever killed a bearded hen? Yes. Have you ever killed a Jake? Yeah. A 10-minute successful hunt on a 2-year-old or a 4-hour long hunt with a clean miss on a 4-year-old? Both. <laughs> Favorite camo pattern? Mossy oak. Wild turkey legs for dinner or for the dog? For dressing. More or less than five strikers in your turkey vest? Black. The state you killed your first turkey in? Missouri. The state you killed your last turkey in? Iowa. Sit in a blind for 4 hours and squeeze the trigger or run and gun for 1 hour and not shoot? Run and gun. Rios or Osceolas? Rios. Rios or Easterns? Easterns. Easterns or Merriams? Easterns. Field turkeys or woods turkeys? 
Woods turkeys. Shotgun scope, rifle sight, holographic sight, or beads? Red dot. Rubber boots, leather boots, or snake boots? Snake boots. Favorite place you've ever hunted? Iowa. Most turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Myself? I don't know. 28. Least number of turkeys you've ever killed in a season? Half a dozen. Out of all the states you've hunted, which state has the most uncooperative turkeys? Alabama. If you only knew how to imitate one turkey sound to call turkeys, what would it be? The fucking purr. On a scale of 1 to 10, how good of a turkey caller do you think you are? (laughs) (laughs) A 10. (laughs) Favorite turkey hunting book? 10th Legion, Tom Kelly. Who taught you how to turkey hunt? My dad and Eddie Moyers. Think of the toughest turkey you ever hunted. Did you ever kill him? Yes. Do you prefer long, sharp spurs or long, thick beards? Spurs. Biggest mistake new turkey hunters make? No patience. How long does turkey season last in heaven and what is the bag limit? I'm fixing to find out. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) Well, eventually I will. (laughs) Well, eventually and fixing to, I think, are two different things, or at least I hope they are. (laughs) I should say I'm aiming to. Uh, Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. So... I've got three minutes and 7.68 seconds, and that is, well, I'm not real sure how it ranks here. I'd have to do some math, and I'm not real good at that. But Tony's best time was two minutes and 45.11 seconds. So, oh, you mean I lost 20? 22 seconds slower, something like that. I was 22 seconds slower. You might have been 22 seconds slower asking. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't didn't hesitate on any of them. (laughs) Stay in your lane, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, you know, there there is a very good chance that I was 22 seconds slower (laughs) in asking you these questions because you made me laugh more than Tony made me laugh going through his. Well, I'll take that then. <laughs> you win. You win the most humorous rapid fire Q and A. How about that? I'd rather be I'd rather be runner up and have fun than win and 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 not enjoy it. There you go. Well, good deal. Let's jump in this and and talk a little bit about some of the competitive turkey calling. So I think this is my opinion, and you may say yes, the numbers support what you're saying. But I think that participation and interest in competitive turkey calling seems to be waning a little bit in comparison to what it was 20 or 25 years ago when I first got into turkey hunting. Do you think that's the case? And if so, why do you think that that is? And it kind of seems to me like the NWTF's new format, at least in Nashville, is helping to increase the interest level, at least from people watching and attending the calling contest. So what are your thoughts on all of that? Well, first, I think that I agree that it, it has it has waned. I think it's, it's, it's starting to gain some momentum again. So with everything, including turkey populations and everything else, everything hits its peaks and valleys and things come back around. I think the reason why turkey calling was so popular back when I first got in it in the years and even prior to when I got in it, you know, so you're talking, you know, back in the in the 70s and the 80s and 90s, even what I call the heyday of turkey calling, where you had a calling contest just about every weekend in, in, in so many different states that had turkey hunting. You'd have a calling contest almost every weekend. 
The biggest reason I think that it waned or dropped off in participation and interest is is twofold. First, the amount of information that that was at the, that became at the fingertips due to technology, due to the internet, due to cell phones, due to digital media, social media. And I think secondly was the financial, the 2008 market crash, for instance. I saw a big drop in purses given away, in pri- purse, purses, prize money, total mm-hmm. prize money given away at calling championships. Took a big hit because when you talk about these stores that were having big calling championships and companies that were donating money to big calling championships, the first line item out of their budget, or fluff as we call it, was those type of items that they right. were that so so all of a sudden you had entities such as Turkey Federation chapters, sporting goods stores, outdoor product companies, game call companies, camouflage companies, whatever it may be. And they were, I mean, after that market crash, they were told, cut this out of your budget, make, make your budget. You know, you, you got, you have to operate on 30% of what you used to operate on. Well, mm-hmm. the first thing that got cut was that Turkey calling prize money along with other things. So that when you start making it to where now it's costing people to drive or fly and there's no return for that. In other words, they don't have a chance to make two, three thousand dollars if they win. It, it doesn't make any sense to spend five hundred or a thousand dollars traveling to a calling contest. So, yeah. so I think economy and and the information available that wasn't available back when when I first started and back when turkey calling was was a lot more popular as far as competition. And picture this: to listen to Walter Parrott or to Paul Butsky or to Ben Rogers Lee when he was still alive, or to Mark Dury when he used to compete. You had to travel to go listen to those guys right? and listen to them live, where now you can, you can pull up on YouTube and listen to Steve Stoltz or Scott Ellis or Matt Van Sice or Jesse Martin or any of these top callers just by simply going on your phone and searching them. Mm-hmm. Same way with live turkey call, live turkeys. It's, everything's posted you need of course you have outdoor television in in media that way digital media shows television shows and as well as you know your outdoor channel sportsman channel pursuit where at your fingertips you can go and dvr and or watch uh, hunting programs that have all that information in, on it you don't have to attend live to watch it right yeah that's pretty interesting so, I, I think that's probably been the biggest reason for the drop-off in participation in competitive turkey calling. However, you just mentioned the there is a, there's been a drive here lately, and I think a rise in interest in competition calling. And I think the Grand Nationals kind of changing their format to more of a Super Bowl of turkey calling type format where at that convention, I mean, it's the highlight of the convention, no question. I don't think the scenario format or how they're doing the callers or judges in particular is really creating more interest rather than the hype and promoting that calling championship is gaining more interest. We're, we're at one time, Andy, a turkey caller could just almost make an outdoor career out of doing well in a calling championship. That's kind of changed. The, I think television and video and, and now digital television and video has changed that to where, let, let's face it, more industry stars are coming from television in, in that format than, than turkey calling. 
Right. If that. So there's a little bit different career path now. Yeah, yeah, and that and that's interesting, you know, and and that's something I haven't thought about, you know, is that so many people that were competing in calling contest years ago, 20, 25, 30 years ago, were, or I should say, ended up being people that made their way into the industry, whether that was, uh, you know, being a pro staffer for one of the camo companies or call companies or whatever it was. And now, you know, you can have a show on YouTube and garner enough interest from that to where you are a, I'm not going to say a star in the industry, but you've at least got a name in the industry. Whereas the calling contest was a good way to springboard that for, for people. So that's pretty interesting. Absolutely. I didn't think about that. Absolutely. Most of your top people in the industry today started out competitive turkey calling. A lot of people don't realize that my good friend Mark Drury himself started out competition turkey calling. That's how he started in the industry. Michael Waddell. Yeah. Why do you, Michael and I go back a long ways. I, I knew Michael before anybody knew Michael, hardly, besides maybe Bill Jordan. And, you know, Michael started out competitive turkey calling and filming for Bill. You know, so that's how Michael got his start. I mean, is but but today's, the dynamics of today's industry is so far different that if you go and win the Grand National Championship or you win a World Turkey Calling Championship, it's just not going to springboard you the way it it did at one time. Yeah. Not saying it doesn't hurt. It does not hurt to build up that credibility at all. And uh, and I and I think to not make light of the fact, you have to have a more well-rounded resume of of skill set to to make it in the industry today. And one of the things is is social media and digital media. It's to, to companies now. It's about numbers of impressions that you do in the market. Right. How many times? How many times are people seeing Steve Stoltz's name? How many times in Instagram, in Facebook, in YouTube media shows are you making an impression in the industry? And the more impressions in the industry you're making, the more worth you are to a company. Very true. Whole different dynamic than it was 30 years ago. Yeah, you're right. So for someone who is listening to this show that may have some interest in calling competitively, how does someone go about getting started down that road today? Well, start by two things. Number one, attending calling contests live. There's nothing better than being there live to listen. Number two, study the wild turkey, the real wild turkey itself, the vocabulary of the wild turkey. And you can do that by digital media. You can YouTube anything. You can go to YouTube and type in plain hen yelp and there'll be a live plain hen yelp. Or there could be Matt Van Sice or Scott Ellis doing a live, doing a, a plain hen yelp. You can listen to a turkey call, top turkey call, or you can listen to a live turkey. You need to do both. You need to, to listen what the top turkey callers are doing, and you need to listen to what live turkeys are doing. You need to, to pay attention to all the subtle things that live turkeys do. And then with that, then you need to also study turkey calling contests by YouTube. By go to the National Wild Turkey Federation Facebook page. Just type in, go to Facebook and type in National Wild Turkey Federation Facebook page. They've got all the past Grand National, or the last several years, the Grand National Preliminary Round, the Grand National Finals, Grand National Friction. They've got those contests posted on their video library log and watch those calling championships and watch what is scoring watch what is how these callers are are presenting their program and presentation and again never go away from listening to live turkeys and how live turkeys do it Mm -hmm. so start 
basically start developing your skill sets to, to become good enough to compete. And, and again, the only way to do that is to study it through digital media and then attend the contest live until you feel confident that you can go up there and deliver a program and presentation that's good enough to score. Yeah. How does someone find where the competitions are? Is there any kind of a website that lists upcoming competitions or anything like that that you're aware of? Yeah. One of the big ones, biggest, is go to www.nwtf.org. That's the National Hockey Federation website. Click on events and then click on calling. It gives you a list of things you can check off that you want to look at. And one would be calling contests. And it'll give you state by state what contests are being held. Um, It's not always completely updated and accurate, but that would be one avenue to look for. Say, like if you lived in Alabama, click on Alabama or Mississippi, Georgia, you know, your areas around where you live. Florida, and it should have your what contests are coming up for the next three, four, or five months, and so you can find out where they're at from there. Uh, social media is a big tool. There is a social media page called CallingAllTurkeys.com. There is Turkey Callers of America, and all kinds of different turkey calling and hunting pages that that advertise calling contests on. I think. Turkey Callers of America, Professional Turkey Callers of America, CallingAllTurkeys.com. I'm probably forgetting some of them, but there are a bunch that these calling contests will post that they're having a calling contest that day or particular weekend. So you can get on and check those out periodically. Okay. That's very good information. Over the course of the years, I've had listeners recommend show topics for me and one that has come up two or three times in the past is, hey, can you get someone on the show who can explain the difference in competition calling and calling while hunting? And so you, just like every other competitive turkey caller, know well the differences in those. So tell me some of those differences that we don't necessarily recognize. Uh, I think the biggest difference between competitive turkey calling and hunting is in competitive turkey calling, you can't make mistakes. And you, when you're hunting, you can. Turkeys make mistakes all the time. They don't always sound that great. They make skips and bumps and pauses and mistakes. They just, they, they're not always the great, you know, you take a yeah. real live turkey and they're not always the greatest sounding thing you'll hear. In competition, the judges are listening for mistakes. And the only reason why that is, is they got to separate the field somehow. Right. You're talking about human ears listening to people sounding like turkeys, or at least making it sound like turkeys. So that's the biggest difference is you, you, you have to be flawless when you're competitive calling. There's no room for error where when you're actually hunting and trying to call a turkey in, you you can pretty much you, you can you can get away with mistakes. Turkeys don't recognize a, a, a call mistake as something that's going to spook them. Right, uh, and that's just that's as simple as that. And I think the second second biggest difference is when you're turkey calling, you're 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 trying to please the judges ear. When you're com- you know I'm saying competitive calling, you're trying to please a human ear. When you're hunting, you're just trying to please a turkey and doing the things you got to do to get that turkey killed. So there, there is a subtle difference there. I will say this. The urban legend is that all competitive callers use a different call up on stage than they use in the woods, and that's just not true. I use all my very top calls in the woods, my top-sounding calls, 
And if they go out on me, I build another one or have Woodhaven build me more, you know? So, you know, it's simple as that. I, 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 I'm been, I'm blessed that I'm on Woodhaven's pro staff and, and the finest game call company in America for, especially for Turkey calls. And I mean, my gosh, I got at my fingertips, uh, uh, an array of calls, but I, I want my top sounding calls out there. First off, I'm embarrassed if I'm, if I'm doing television or video, I don't want a junky sound and call. So yeah. I'm going to use basically the same Yelper that I run on stage, same design, same latex, same cut, same friction call that I run on stage. If I'm friction calling, all that. So most most competitive turkey callers run those same exact calls out in the woods, same designs and everything. Yeah, I, I never thought that there would be a difference, you know, that, that you wouldn't. I mean, if you... If a call is good enough to run on stage for a judge, really the judge that we all want to impress is that three-year-old turkey that we're going after. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to run a few calls here in a little bit. And to make my point, every call I'm, I'm going to run here is call, are calls that, I, that I've got in my package. They're literally calls sitting here that I'm going to put when I'm done with this interview because I'm leaving for turkey season for Mississippi's turkey hunt next Friday, these calls will go from from what I'm demonstrating here into my turkey hunting vest. <laughs> yeah. So so I, I use no, and these are same calls I used in competition two weeks ago in Nash in Nashville. Yeah. So before you run some of those, I've got a kind of a humorous question for you, but I'm kind of semi-serious in asking it too. Who's the tougher judge? A four-year-old public land, Tom, or Preston Pittman, or Chris Parrish, or Brad Taylor, or any of the other judges that are sitting there at the Grand National Calling Championship? Well, I think the the human is the yeah. tougher judge, and I'm not. I just think that your Preston Pittman, your Chris Parrish, your your you know your Matt Van Sice, who judged this year, and he's not he's not giving up on competitive calling. He just took a break and judged this year. Those are your toughest ears, in my yeah. opinion. I don't. I, I don't think a four-year-old is is tougher to fool than a Preston Pittman or or Chris Parrish. Yeah, I agree. You know, having a reed stick together when you hit one note on a yelp, I don't even think that phases a wild turkey. And I think that a lot of us put too much emphasis on our calling for it to be perfect while we're hunting. But the truth of the matter is, as long as we don't make some god-awful squawking or squealing noise, I don't think our calling is going to scare off a a turkey. Now, it may not be enough to really bring him in. My calling in the woods, I know, is not as good as Steve Stoltz calling in the woods. So if Steve's on the other side of that turkey that that I'm on and we're calling to it, I'm going to put... I'm going to put my money on Steve's calling <laughs> over my calling. <laughs> well, well, and and not to, to finish this off, absolutely. And and that's the other kind of urban legend is that some competitive turkey callers can't kill turkeys, and that's just not true. Yeah. When you take a caller that that has the skill sets that some of these call, top callers have, you know, your Jesse Martins of the world, and your Scott Ellis's of the world, and your Matt Van Sices of the world, and and, you know, Billy Argus, and, I mean, the list goes on. Dude, I promise you they are turkey killers. Mm-hmm. Because they, they, if you take if you take regular hunting skills, turkey hunting skills, that you have to have, that are probably as important or more important than calling skills, I'll grant it that. But you combine that with world-class calling, <laughs> there's just more turkeys are going to die. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I'm just being flat-out honest with you. 
So it, it never hurts to improve your calling skills. Never, ever, ever hurts to improve your calling skills. It's just going to end up a better, more fried turkey press, pressed in the pan. Absolutely. Well, before I cut you loose, run some of those calls for us. I want to hear you. All right. So, Andy, I I don't know if you're familiar with the fact that I kind of got out of turkey calling, competitive turkey calling for three or four years and actually judged the Grand National Finals several years and just kind of was basically retired from it. The only turkey calling championship, the the only major title that I've, I've not won in my calling career that I would love to win is the Grand National Senior Championship. It's just one that has eluded me. I've been in the finals many, 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 many times. I've been as high as fourth place in the senior division finals, and I've been in probably sixth place. I'm probably I got, I've got a record for sixth place in the Grand Nationals, <laughs> but 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 I've never never won that senior open. So when I was a judge in 2015, I believe it was, it was the first year they had the judges actually do the format where the judges watch the callers and then when they got done they critiqued them now they've done away with that and the judges actually have their back to the callers and then like the voice voice format and then when the caller's done then the judge turns around and gives her critique nonetheless that sparked the fire in me and i made uh mention when i was a judge in that grand national finals a few years back that i'm i want to get back up and compete where the judges critique my calling it just and plus i i won the senior division yet so i'm like why not get back in it? Yeah. So thus, I didn't know that I kind of bit off more than I could chew in a sense that these callers today are tough. I mean, <laughs> not that they weren't tough back then, not that your Paul Butskis and your Walter Parrots and your Skeet Thomases and your Robbie and Terry Rahm and, you know, Dick Kirby and the list goes on and on of former, you know, uh, past top callers weren't amazingly good. Chris Parrish, Mike you know, it was one that comes to mind, most talented turkey caller I've ever heard or been around. But there is a lot of callers that are just at that level now, at that higher level. Yeah. So so the field, you know, it's tougher to make those finals. And so I, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I bit off a pretty, pretty hard uh, task. But I went to work and ended up changing companies to Woodhaven Custom Calls. And it's amazing the difference when I started using a higher quality product. Woodhaven Custom Calls, I'm not going to lie to you, it, it, that call company caters to a different customer, and that's a customer that wants top, top quality and don't really care how much it costs to get that higher quality call. Yeah. So maybe Woodhaven isn't for everybody, but it is definitely for that guy that wants the highest level that money can buy. Yeah. And so, so that was one of the first big moves on my behalf is to go to Woodhaven. So when I began using Woodhaven, I saw an increase in sound quality. And then I began working with Scott Ellis, which by the way, Scott Ellis, I didn't mention earlier, if you want to learn more about turkey calling and competitive turkey calling and being a better turkey caller, get Scott Ellis's Turkey Tech app. Go to gotgametech.com and and it's only like five bucks. And everything you ever want to listen to or hear and learn about turkey calling quick, and especially if you're going to competitive turkey call, get Scott Ellis's app. Scott's probably the best turkey call teacher in the industry today, in my opinion. Yeah. And, and, he's, and, he's, and he's one of the most talented turkey callers in the industry today. But I got with Scott. Scott and I are good friends, and we've hunted together quite a bit. And we've been friends back for probably, oh, I don't know how long, 10, 15 years probably or more from from t- competitive turkey calling and i got with scott and scott said come down to florida 
for a weekend and we'll work on it. And so I did, you know, here's a guy, I've won world championships, U S opens, state championships. I mean, you name it, you know, there's really grand national champion of champions, but I went down to Scott's and spent a weekend with him and his lovely wife, Kim. And we, we start building and cutting calls and practicing. And I got my Yelp back. That's what I needed to do work on was getting a a good Yelp back. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. And I, 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 I worked on a, we, we call it Project DMSC. I'm sure make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> and I worked and worked and worked. And by gosh, Andy, in last year in the Grand National preliminary round, I made the top 12, made the finals, and was only a mere few points from placing in the top five in last year's Grand National finals. So the, the road to the, the comeback for Steve Stoltz was complete, and you just don't know how rewarding that was. Yeah, I bet. So I'm going to run some calls here real quick. First, I had to get that. I mentioned I had to get that Yelp back. So what I did is I went back to this pretty Steve Stoltz, what we call turnover Yelp, and that's a Yelp that's got that pretty front end, turnover in the middle, and a pretty back end to it. So it sounds like this. And I'm using, by the way, Woodhaven's Red Scorpion for this call. The combo okay. cut call, red latex on top. pretty front end carries through and then it turns over and got that nice beautiful back end to it yeah i'm gonna use a, a bat wing call the ninja from the ninja series look look it up on what haven's page for my lighter calls and then for my deeper call cutting fly down I love to use Billy's new blue cutter, and it sounds like this. You can put more air, a lot more air to it. You know, your fall calls like your gobbler yelping. And your kiki run, which I say the easiest way to learn to kiki run is just put the call in your mouth and say PPP three times with that high whistle. So there you go. And I think... One thing that you have to agree is with any of these calls I picked up from Woodhaven, realism is there. I mean, they almost oh, yeah. call on their own. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. One of the things that, you know, we didn't say anything about friction calls. One of my favorite calls that I love to keep with me in my in my vest is the Real Hen Cherry box call. Cause, and the reason why is I like to locate turkeys by cutting with it. And then also I use it, I, I, I'll gobble with it if, you know, um, not a lot, but, you know, last resort, trying to get a hung turkey. And then you can gobble up with it too. 
And then, the, last but not least, I, I keep an anodized ninja, Woodhaven uh, anodized, anodized ninja. And the reason why is it's a great locator call. It has that high pitch to it. So I, I will not go in the woods without without some type of aluminum surface call for locating turkeys. Yeah. So there you go. Awesome. That was awesome. I appreciate you running those for me. It's, uh, I always enjoy hearing you guys that are at that upper level call because, you know, uh, I'm a little bit envious because (laughs) I will never get to that point, no matter how much I practice, because I don't have the ear for it. But it's just the realism is really what blows me away. And you know, so that's the main reason I like to hear you guys call and why I like going to the calling championships or calling contest is because if you're sitting in the audience in the Grand National Senior Open Finals and you close your eyes when Steve Stoltz or when Billy Yargus or when, gosh, any of those guys get up and call, you literally... Uh, I I will guarantee you, if you've been turkey hunting for more than a year, you have been there, done that. You have been in that situation where you have heard calling just like that from real live wild hens and jakes. And you guys are impressive. I mean, you really are. But the time and effort you put into it shows. And I know there's a lot of time and effort that goes into it. Well, I appreciate it. I, 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 you know, I'm going to run a call one more time real quick because I want to we talked about the difference between turkey calling in the woods and turkey calling the judges. Well, the difference between the guy that just runs a turkey call good enough to kill turkeys and, and don't practice a lot and don't, don't increase his or her skill level is putting realism in the call, which you just mentioned. And the best way I can describe that is plain hand yelp to a turkey and you don't put any realism to it. it it'll work. Sounds like it. Okay, but now add realism to it, add the emotion to it, to that same series of calling, and it sound like this. Same call, too, by the way. See the difference? I mean, that was that was yeah. an astronomical difference. What I just did, and all I did was I did basic turkey calling. 101 basic, you know, and then I did realism, real turkey. I added real turkey to it. And it's amazing the difference of the results you get in the woods by those, by, by, by upping your game. Yeah, you're dead on. And you guys that are listening, the inflection, the emphasis, the pauses, that's real turkey calling. And when you listen to real turkeys, real hen turkeys in the woods, that is exactly what they sound like. And so there's no reason why we shouldn't be trying to duplicate that. And truth of the matter is we don't have to call as well as a Steve Stoltz or a Chris Parrish or Billy Yargus, but we can still add that realism and those pauses and those little one note yelps, not one note, but, you know, it's a two note yelp, but one series of it. And it will drastically improve our odds in the woods. And so Steve is dead on with that. And that is a huge, huge thing. And, you know, when I, when I was 
first kind of making that transition from being a guy that was killing one, two turkeys a season to all of a sudden I'm having some success and I'm killing four, five, six birds in a season. I was talking with a buddy of mine who used to do some competition calling and he's a very good caller. And we were hunting together one day and I said, what is the difference between your calling and my calling? You get turkeys to gobble. And I call and I don't get a turkey to gobble, but I'm still killing them. They're just not like falling all over themselves to answer me and to come into my setup. And he said, the one big thing that I see that you're doing is in your calling, you're just yelp, 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 yelp. And if that turkey responds, give him something more. How would you feel if you told a girl that she was beautiful and that you would like to get to know her a little bit better. And she said, yeah, okay. Or how would you feel if you said the same thing to a woman and she said, oh my God, thank you so much. That is so kind of you to say that. And yeah, I would be interested in us getting to know each other better. That, so that's the difference. We can finish off the, the, the calling with uh, one of the biggest things that I can recommend to the listeners is learn good proper not only learn realism but before realism learn good proper turkey rhythm the best way i could describe that andy is if i said to you i'm going to store around what did i just say you have no idea what i just said slow it down and i just said i'm going to store now (laughs) but exactly 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 i speak i speak midwestern you have to watch out but most most people (laughs) I didn't understand what I what I what I just said, right. um, but if I slow it back down to the right rhythm and say I'm going to the store now, everybody understood that. So it's the same way with turkey calling. You take a turkey call uh, and go, that's that, that's a turkey sound, but it's not proper rhythm. You take that same call, slow it down, and or make it into real turkey rhythm. Sounds like this. See that you know, and, and and that's regardless of what call you pick up, you have to have proper turkey rhythm. And then when you add that realism to it, like you just said, you start doing this. See the difference? I mean, it's it's amazing how you can step your level up a turkey call and take one one step at a time. But definitely, rhythm is the the most important thing to learn. And then add realism to it, and you're just your results will just go skyrocket. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Well, Steve, I had one more thing to ask you, but we're bumping up on time here. So, how difficult would it be for me to trick you to come back on, say, mid to late May when turkey season would, starts to wrap up and wind down? Yeah, I would imagine it probably wouldn't be too hard. Uh, I love talking. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one other thing I was going to ask you was to, or actually ask of you, is to get you to share the the story of your most recent successful turkey hunt. And I love turkey stories, but I also know you've got to get on with your day, and we're bumping up on an hour here, and so I want to get you on with things. And let's do that. We'll come up with another topic and get you back on the show. And the first thing I'm going to ask you when I get you back on here is to share the story of your most recent successful turkey hunt. And hopefully you'll have one that 
you can say, well, yesterday or this morning, I did this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, because I'm not so sure if I even remember my last turkey hunt. I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to uh, give me a buck here. It'll, it'll be more recent information. <laughs> good, good. I'll, I'll, I'll help you out with that. Well, All Steve, right, thank yeah. you so much, really. I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your time and, and you sharing your knowledge with us. I wish you the best of luck this season. Be safe out there in the woods and be safe on the road traveling to and from. And I will look to hook up with you here in a couple of months and we'll do this thing again. Absolutely. Appreciate you having me on. And I hope everybody enjoyed it. And good luck to everybody this spring. And I hope, hope this podcast helped just a little bit with uh, some skill sets. I'm sure it will. Thanks again. Have a great day. You betcha. Thank right. you. Goodbye. I hope that you guys enjoyed that interview. Hey, Steve, thank you a ton for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate your sharing of your time and knowledge with us, and I know that many of the listeners to the show feel the same way that I do. Man, I've got to tell you that I am stoked about putting the knowledge that I've gained not only from Steve today, but all the guests who have come on the show in the past. I'm going to be in the woods in Mississippi with a shotgun on my shoulder in about 36 hours from right now. And my trigger finger is itching something terrible. All of you guys up north who still have 30 to 45 days before your season starts, do not fret. The day will be here soon when I'm talking to you with my bottom lip poked out because my season at home is over. And that very same day, you're going to have a smile on your face from ear to ear like I do right now because your season is beginning. So hang in there. Be sure to tune into this show. And I'm going to get you through the final countdown to the start of your turkey season with some audio from some of my hunts this spring. Those will be coming up very soon. So before I cut you loose for the week, I need your help with something. If today's show put a little knowledge in your head or maybe a smile on your face, then share the show with some hunting buddies by using the share button feature on your podcast player application. Pretty much every podcast player application today has the ability to share a podcast from within the application. And you can select to share this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast via text message with two or three of your hunting buddies. And that is a huge help for me. And I would be very appreciative. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.